Hey, this is Mike Dawson. I want to thank you for downloading this episode of Front of House. I promise you, you are going to love this one. I do want to let you know that this podcast is produced in stereo. So, whenever possible, don't listen on your phone. Unless you have headphones. Or get an auxiliary jack, plug it into your car. Just get to a place where you can enjoy the stereo goodness of this podcast. Broadcasting live from the Burbank Bungalow in Los Angeles, California. Welcome, my friends, to another fantastic in-stereo edition of Front of House, the stereo music podcast that brings straight to your ears the greatest artist you've never heard. And I don't know if that's the case today because you probably heard this guy in one way or another. Ladies and gentlemen, today we welcome Ted Russell Camp. Welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Very happy you're here. Let's start with the song. All right, great. I will start with, uh, I put out a record maybe two, three years ago called Night Owl. And uh, this one is called Right Down to the Wire. This wild heart inside of me It's made mistakes and it's made me free And it's pushing something through my veins Like the wind across the western plains It might take a year, it might take a day And I might get lost along the way but like waves crashing on the shore Over and over I keep coming back for more Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, the wind is gonna blow Like it's looking for a home And each drop of rain will fall Until it hits the ground alone And when lightning strikes its bound To set the night on fire I live my life like it's right down to the wire Oh, I do, I live my life Like it's right down to the wire Each day I walk a country mile I've worn these boots out with a smile And I'll take my chance and bide my time Till the next ride comes on down the line Oh, 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 oh. Looking for a home And each drop of rain will fall Until it hits the ground alone And when lightning strikes its bound To set the night on fire I live my life 
Like it's right down to the wire Where do I live my life Like it's right down to the wire Each time I think I've reached the end The sun comes up and I start again And I have to follow where it leads This wild heart inside of me Oh, 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 oh. It's looking for a home And each drop of rain will fall Until it hits the ground alone And when lightning strikes its bound To set the night on fire I live my life like it's right down to the wire Why do I live my life like it's right down to the wire? Ted Russell Camp, our guest in studio today uh, in front of house. Uh, there, are, there are three categories of songs, in my opinion. Okay. You got okay. your rockers, mm-hmm. you got your ballads, and you got your anthems. Ah, That's okay. an anthem. All right. That's, All a, right. that's a live your life day to day. There we go. Here is the roadmap, my friends. <laughs> I yeah. like that. Thank well, you very much. Ted Russell Camp. Uh, Ted, I just want to start this by uh, telling the story of when I was first introduced to you and your music. Okay, great. It was, it was great. 10 years ago. Okay. At the El Rey Theater in Los Angeles. Ah, oh, okay, good. And it was a, uh, it was a Shooter Jennings show. Now, there were three bands that played that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, first, let me say... That I had no idea there were so many dope-smoking cowboys in Los Angeles. Yes. Until I went to this show. Yeah, Shooter Jennings brings them out, man. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's it, good. It, 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 it was nice. I felt, I felt at home. So uh, there were three bands total that played that night. And you, my friend, played in every single one of them. One was your own band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the second band. And then the whoever played first, you were still playing bass in that band. And then you played bass with Shooter Jennings that night and I saw yeah. I saw this show and I'm like okay this guy's got his shit together <laughs> so where are you Good. from man if I had to guess if I had to guess you you are from California that's a good guess and uh, I take that as a compliment but I'm not from California where are you from I'm from New York are you kidding me? No, New I grew, York I grew up, City. Yeah. No, not the yeah, city. Not I grew the up city. in the suburbs. Okay. I grew up in Westchester. Okay. Uh, which was pretty great. Uh, we had the seasons. Yeah. Which yeah. is one of the things I miss about living. I've been in L.A. about 15 years now. Okay. I miss the seasons. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, I grew up in Westchester, and um, it was pretty great because as soon as you were ready, you could go to New York City. Okay, is this and, right there? Uh, I was about a, I was about a thirty-five or forty-minute train ride from Grand Central. Okay, so uh, my mom was a big fan of Broadway and musical theater, so I'd go into the city a lot to see plays with her. And musicals, uh, which is great because then I got turned on to Cole Porter and stuff like that really early. What uh, um, what what uh, musicals do you remember seeing? Is I remember I remember seeing Kiss Me Kate. Okay, which was a Cole Porter one. I, I remember one. seeing Cats. Okay, when I was like nine or ten, and it blew my mind. Um, she took me to this great thing. Uh, it wasn't a musical, but it was like the six-hour epic Nicholas Nickleby. <laughs> Never heard of it. I remember she taught, She took me to see Jackie Mason do okay. a one-man show, which was great. Um, anyway, but the, but as I got into music, well, first of all, you know, as a as an eleven-year-old, you can go into uh, you know go see Basquiat and like the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art and the Museum of Natural History. That was pretty eye-opening and pretty incredible. Um, having that world-class stuff right next door uh yeah just as part of my everyday life uh and then when i got into music and, and bands i could you know my dad would take me into the city and we'd see jazz shows nice uh he was he was my parents were definitely pre-beatles okay they didn't okay. really get the beatles and rock and roll but my dad was a huge jazz fan so he definitely turned me on to like i remember seeing stan getz when i was a kid and jerry Damn. mulligan when i was a kid um and doc cheatham uh, was a great Dixieland kind of old school trumpet player, um, uh, and so having I think just being around world class music for, at a young age and knowing that okay like I started playing trumpet in the fourth grade that was my first instrument all right and uh, knowing what my student groups sounded like and knowing what real music sounded like was was in in retrospect really kind of was. Uh, just kind of set the stage for what I'm able to do now. And, I can I can imagine. Uh, yeah, it was pretty great. And then and then when I became uh, you know got into rock music and bands, you know I could go to see bands at Madison Square Garden or groovy smaller shows or go okay. to see shows at CBGBs and stuff like that. Uh, and that's something that most people don't didn't have didn't have the opportunity to do when they were 17. So you're one you know? of the few guys in the world who can actually wear a CBGB shirt. <laughs> Say, I was there, man. Yes, yes, yes. And actually, a cool thing about uh, Shooter, when our first record came out, uh, the label and Shooter kind of came up with this great idea to do a residency at CBGB's. Fuck. So we played three gigs at CBGB's. I guess it must have been 2005 when that record first came out, early okay. 2005. And so we went back and played it three times. Which is pretty great, and I'm and I'm I'm like, I'm really goofy and sentimental. So you play in a stage like CBGBs or like we saw each other recently at the Troubadour, mm -hmm. and I'm standing on stage just thinking about all of the great music that I know happened on this stage, and that, and envisioning yeah. the the people that that stood exactly where I'm standing right. and saw the same things I'm seeing. Right, uh, and that's that's just powerful. That's just moving. You know, you can't. You can't have a bad show when you're playing a place like that. The sheer amount of mojo and energy in the room. 
There, it's it's uh, it's chock full of mojo. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, that was a great show, by the way. Good, good, good. And I do. Uh, I recall at one point, I um, I when I'm really enjoying myself at a show, mm-hmm. I will involuntarily grit my teeth. <laughs> okay, I'm just sitting here and go like this, right? Rock and roll. And um, <laughs> you uh, were playing a, uh, I believe you're playing a bass line with one hand. And you pick up a trumpet <laughs> and you start blowing on the yeah. trumpet. And I'm hitting my friend and I'm gritting my teeth and I'm pointing at you. I'm like, yeah. that's a musician. Yeah. I had an uncle growing up, uh, Uncle Nino. I come from a big Sicilian family. Right on. Which you really wouldn't tell with the blonde hair and blue eyes, but... Um, my uncle played the trumpet, my uncle Nino, and he would, uh, in, in the Monterey Bay area, he would stand on the, uh, on the rocks and blow the trumpet. Oh, wow. And the sea lions would all come up on the rocks and not necessarily clap for him, right. but essentially they all no, came they were, to the they were shore drawn to the music to hear, yeah, to hear the trumpet. And so for me, that instrument has always been very, very powerful. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful image. Yeah. And then, and yeah. so when I when I saw you pick it up, it was like the gritting of my teeth went into overdrive. I was like, and rock and roll. Yeah. More, much more from Ted Russell Camp. But first, let's go to one of Ted's studio releases. Here's a song that he plays the trumpet on. And since I am such a big fan, I want to play this for you. This is from the record The Low and Lonesome Sound from Ted Russell Camp. This is nothing shy of perfect front of house. You stand still, shadows spill around you Listening for silent streets of mystery Words seem to surround you Nothing shy. Now you see why you're nothing shy of perfect, of perfect. Nothing shy of perfect. The midnight smoke makes me cough and sends me off to find you. Why I walked away, it's hard to say. Maybe fear, but I'm here to remind you. Perfect of perfect 
don't last But shadows cast Linger on Put a finger on What I missed before Ooh. I'm sorry now For acting how What I did was wrong But I long for what I kissed before Let's talk about some of your projects really quick. Okay. Um, uh, you re your most recent record, Flying Solo. Uh-huh. When, uh, when did you decide to do this? Why did you decide to do it? Uh, tell me what's behind that record. I, I like... Uh, flying Solo brings up a bunch of imagery. Yeah. So, And that's one that. of the reasons I went with that title, mm -hmm. too. Um, but most of my records... Actually, all of my records before that have, in, in general, it's always a full band. There's always a, there's always kind of an acoustic song or two where there's not a lot of instruments going on, like mm -hmm. maybe bass and acoustic guitar and maybe mandolin or something. Um, uh, but I'd always wanted to do just kind of a solo acoustic album, and I never had. Um, and actually, the, the 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 there were two things that were the the, the the real final impetus for it was I had a I had a solo tour coming up in Europe, okay, and I wanted to have a new you didn't CD have an to sell. Album to push, okay, love it. Uh, <laughs> because then you can work the marketing angles, and then and not so much in LA or big cities, people don't really buy CDs. Right, we've moved on, and it's all digital and downloading and Spotify and whatever. But when you go to like Texas or the Southeast or the heartland of the United States. Or you go, really, whenever you leave a huge major market. Uh, and then, of course, in Europe, there are still a lot of music fans who just want to get, they want the CD. Right. It, I mean, if you can do vinyl, great. But if you can, if you have a CD, they want to buy a CD. It means a lot. It's, yeah. It, people still like to read liner notes. Yeah, people totally. People still like to hold and, something in their hand. And that's a big part of me getting into music, mm -hmm. is listening to albums and looking at, just staring at the liner notes. And what does is, what is being the producer mean? And who are these weird roadie guys with nicknames right, right, right. on all those records, right. you know what I mean? And where they record, and you remember the names of the studios, and you remember... Uh, I always loved the jazz records that would say, recorded on April 17th, 1965. You mean, right. You mean you recorded this whole album in one day? Or these five songs in one day, and these three songs another day four months later? And then you see it was recorded here, but it was mastered yeah. by someone else at some other yeah, studio. Yeah, the Why fascination of what these things mean, yeah, like a Pink yeah. Floyd record, like, you know, this was recorded in a year and a half. Right. Like, wow, what's... What's going on there? How, how, how come it took that long, and what were all these experiments they must have been doing for this amount of time, you know? Uh, uh, so I, but I always wanted to have an acoustic record, uh, and I never had one. Uh, and when I tour... You know, I, I make music for a living, so I need to come home with money. I need to pay the mortgage if I'm going to be gone for a while, you know. Uh, and so when I tour, depending on the tour, it's half solo shows or two-thirds solo shows or at least three or four solo shows in the, in the midst of the run. Um, and 
I've had enough people come up to me and say, no, I want to see the show that I just saw. I don't want to hear these songs with the band. Right. You know, and I know having been a fan, and you do too, like having been a fan of music, sometimes you love the song, but the production is not Gets really your aesthetic. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is not really what I wanted. Right. So I always wanted to have this acoustic record. Um, and then I decided to uh, have a bunch of live recordings on it, and, and as well as record a bunch of new music that I'd written. Uh, so the, the album is about half new songs and half old songs that are like, one of them is live in this great this great radio station, uh, WDVX in Knoxville, Ooh. where they have a great, uh, you know, a great live live concert broadcast on the air kind of a show. Okay. Some of the shows I recorded in Finland. Um, this great gig uh, called Live Griffey that I did probably three or four times. Anyway, it's it's run by this wonderful guy who's a, like a super deep abstract professional photographer but he's a real audiophile mm. so you show up and it's in this huge big his his studio space uh and uh and he says oh i got this brand new mic i want to try it out da, da, da. he loves sound and just being a part of the creative process in yeah. any way he can so uh so a couple of the, i think two or three of the songs were from live in finland okay from different shows there um and it was pretty cool. So uh, to to kind of go back through all these live radio, like live on the radio recordings and live shows that had been recorded that never, you know, a handful of songs were great, but it didn't merit making a live album. Gotcha. Uh, and so it became this 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 wonderful project for about two months. I just kind of recorded a lot and finished up a brand new batch of songs to be on the record, uh, and then you know, drive around my car listening to these old CDs of radio broadcasts that I did three years ago that, you know, God, never cool. made it onto online or onto a record or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then of course coming up with the name flying solo. Cause in general, uh, I know, of course I live in LA, so I play a decent amount in LA, but you can't play, you know, you can't book a gig under your own name that often or else it's not important anymore. Right. So you can't play, you know, if it was up to me, I'd play five nights a week. And just keep doing it. Exactly. Uh, you know, but then the best, the only way to do that is, you know, you get it, you get, you get the, you get the cool Irish bar or the cool local pub. Um, uh, so I end up flying somewhere, getting a rental car and driving around for a week or two and doing shows. Flying solo. So flying solo became part of the, All right. uh, the idea for the title too. All right. Well, the artist is Ted Russell Camp. Ted, I'm... I don't know if you can see my face right now, but I'm I'm gushing. I'm I'm thrilled. Well, good, thank you. That man. you are here today. Let's talk more about uh, radio and recording and radio okay. in a little bit because I got I got some questions uh, and some stories. But uh, let's hear another song, man. Okay. Okay. Great. Um... Which one should I do? I'll do this one. This one's called The Last Drop. I'm gonna drink the last drop from the bottom of the well. I'm gonna drink the last drop from the bottom of the well. 
gonna be the first in the morning up to see the sun The last man standing when the day is done And to drink the last drop from the bottom of the well I'm gonna see the first twinkling star line up the sky Said I'll see the first twinkling star light up the sky I'm gonna let it shine down Cause stars don't lie And watch as it put that look in your eye And see the first twinkling star light up the sky And if I gotta walk a million miles I will Step by little step to the top of the hill Whoa when I fall off, I'm gonna get back on With a smile as wide as the day is long Cause at the end of it all For you I'm gonna sing my song If I gotta walk a million miles, I will Step by little step to the top of the hill Whoa. When I fall off, I'm gonna get back on With a smile as wide as the day is long Cause at the end of it all, for you I'm gonna sing my song Oh, I'm gonna pull that blossom from a honeysuckle vine Said I put that blast from a honeysuckle vine And that little bit of nectar gonna taste so fine I'll give it to you, baby, and make you mine I pulled that blossom from a honeysuckle vine Drop from the bottom of the well. I'm gonna drink the last drop from the bottom of the well. I'll be the first in the morning over to see the sun. The last man standing when the day is done. I drink the last drop from the bottom of the well. No, baby. Drink the last drop from the bottom of the well. Oh, sugar. See the drink the last drop from the bottom of the well. Yowza. <laughs> Ted Russell Camp in studio for front of house. Drink the last drop from the bottom of the well. That's well, it's about song. living life to the fullest. I actually wrote that song with a, with an old friend of mine, uh, Charlie Starr, who's in a great band called Blackberry Smoke. Oh shit! And they're based out of Atlanta. Yeah. My friend Alistair Green, okay. uh, who's been on this show before, he is a big fan of Blackberry Smoke. Oh, they're Smoke. great. They're yeah. really great. Um, and Charlie is a real student of old country music and bluegrass okay. and finger-picking blues. And so when we wrote that song, it was one of these. one of those guys who can really finger pick um, like Reverend Gary Davis and stuff uh, so we we you know what I, I think I did I did a solo tour 
and was going through the southeast, and I stayed with him for a couple of days, and we did a show together in Atlanta. Um, and we hung out, and we wrote that song together. That's awesome, man. Uh, and we, I just wanted to keep it simple and kind of sweet. And, uh, uh, you know, anytime. Yeah, it's definitely about, like, life, life passes you by. There are too many times when you wish you had the perfect thing to say, and you don't say it. Or, like... David Byrne, and here's here's a great little moment going back to my childhood in New York, like walking around. One of the, it was it was a real kind of uh, rite of passage when you were old enough and mature enough, and your parents would let you take the train into New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, if you abused the privilege and you kind of stayed out too late and didn't get back until one in the morning, they wouldn't let you do it. You know, and I didn't want to be. I wasn't so rebellious. I was pretty individual, but I wasn't really rebellious. Uh, uh, and so you'd go into the city and you'd kind of walk around like St. Mark's Place and the, the village. And you'd go see a show. And then you'd like you'd tell your parents exactly, okay, this, uh, the show starts at 9. My favorite band goes on at 10. And we'll see them until 11.15. And even if the show's not done, we're going to get a cab back to Grand Central and I'll be home by 12.30. There you go. I'll be on the 11.51 train or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Right. And as long as you were straight up, you could you could get away with a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, and one time I walked by David Byrne. Talking with Of course, just walking around with a friend, walking mm-hmm. from his apartment to wherever he was going. And you're like, should I tell you, David Byrne? He doesn't want to hear from me. Yeah. There, there are so many moments That's... when you respect the David Burns in the world. It's interesting and that you, you don't had that say kind anything. Of, you had that kind of self-awareness oh, that yeah. early. And you say, I don't want to ruin that. Yeah. They just want to go out and out. He's probably going to go have coffee with a friend. He doesn't want random people coming up to him bothering him. Uh, but there are so many moments in life when you don't do the thing you really want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often it's for good reason. But so I just want to write a song about, come on, live a little. You know, anytime you put honeysuckle in a song, <laughs> I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, but totally. uh, listening totally. to that song, it, it, it really made me think about uh, your early years going to uh, musical theater with your mom and, and yeah. jazz clubs with your dad. The song structure in that. Yes. It, it, it's complicated. Yeah, that's an old traditional song structure. Mm-hmm. And you've got the... Mm-hmm. As the bridge, which mm-hmm. is like an old lead belly thing to mm-hmm. do. Or like Randy Newman would yeah. do that a lot. Yeah. Um, and you get some jazz in there, uh, but it's still, it's still, it's still folk music. Uh, you know, it's like, I, 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 I loved when jazz, well, I definitely, I love John Coltrane and, and bebop and when they get far out and, uh, like Wayne Shorter records, like they're really arty and beautiful. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's about as great as any music that's ever been made. But I love it when it's like Route 66 and when jazz music was still pop music. Uh, whether it was, one, you know, like a female singer or, or uh, right. those short little songs were like, this is the melody. Pop we're going to play the melody for, for popular. you. Yeah, yeah, pop stands for popular. Yeah. Uh, and, and I love... A good song is a good song. Yeah, when you have some of the harmonic, you know, cool little flavors and subtle things that you mm-hmm. get from jazz, but... But it's still memorable. It's still simple. It's like, you know, I, I, I did a bunch of jazz gigs. I played jazz for a living for a while when I was just out of college. Out of music, uh, and I lived in Seattle before I came to L.A. And I remember being on stage, playing some really cool, arty, super swinging jazz. 
thinking the only people getting this are the other jazz musicians, <laughs> and they're the, they're the nine friends of mine scattered throughout the audience. Uh-huh. And everyone else can watch it for about a minute or two. And then they're like, cool, I got my fellow jazz, let's go home. I'm like, wow, I don't... I, I don't, I don't want to make music for such a minority that no one's going to get it. Right. You know, like I want to, like when I write songs, like it's in English. I want you to understand what the lyrics are. I mean, sometimes it gets poetic and cool and that's the nature of songwriting. But like having people understand where you're coming from and relate to them is important. Another track from Ted Russell Camp, this time a live track from the Flying Solo release. This was recorded at Liveography in Helsinki, Finland. And it's a great song. It's called Old Folks Blues from Flying Solo, Ted Russell Camp, Front of House. Said I got the whiskey If you got them little white lines We'll bring the show if you bring your stash And we'll get along just fine And we'll be higher than high When that morning sun begins to shine So come on now, just a little of this Just a little of that, maybe a little more wine I got Sister Mary Jane She's gonna use your worried mind after a heart's not work Is it a crime to have a good old time? But these kids today keep rolling They roll right to the dawn I got one foot on the gas and one foot in the grave Where did I go wrong? I won't stop now, cause I'm paying my dues it's been catching up with me I got them old folks blues Now it's pounding in my head And I feel my belly ache and my feet don't want to walk that walk The last round was a big mistake And I'll feel it in the morning When there's nothing left to take Cause I said the last thing that I need Is another friend with another stash Cause the night's been writing checks And my poor old body just can't cash up in Trying to run a marathon It keeps turning to a mad, mad dash But don't you say I'm past my prime I'm over the hill or I'm old as sin Cause I might just like it for a while Cause this hangover is hanging in I won't give up my guns Cause I'm paying my dues It's been catching up with me I got them old folks blues
Now the thrills are getting cheaper And the hills are getting steeper But this high life is my life And I think it's a keeper I got a bad back and a nasty cough And these old worn-out shoes It's been catching up with me I got them old folks' blues now Don't you give up on me yet Cause I'm still paying my dues It's been catching up with me I got them old phones Let's go back to Seattle for a second. When did you move to Seattle? Uh, it was the late 90s, mid-late mid, mid 90s. So Seattle had already established itself as a music mecca, and here you oh, yeah. are playing jazz yeah. <laughs> in clubs. Yeah, it was fun. Well, I, was, I, I played a lot of jazz, and I really loved it. Okay. Um, but I was in a couple of reggae bands. I loved ska. I okay. a great ska band called Easy Big Fella. Uh, and uh, a, good a couple other bands. Um and I was just like really eclectic. I, I I really like when I when I was growing up, my parents were very supportive of me getting into music. Good and God bless I, America. And as I did, I really got into it and got into it uh, and started getting deep pretty quickly. Um, and I was I was I was a pretty shy kid, and I was still like I said, I started with trumpet, so I was a real music nerd playing in jazz bands and concert band and orchestra and getting into Tchaikovsky and Sibelius mm -hmm. um, and Count Basie and Benny Goodman. Count Basie. Uh, and it was wonderful. Um, but uh, so, so when I got, when I got to Seattle, I was, well, when I was in college, I was afraid to be a music major and I was convinced and my parents had kind of helped convinced me that it, being a musician was just a ridiculous goal in life. And, I'd be sleeping on my girlfriend's couch and broke and miserable mm -hmm. my whole life, you know. Every drummer um, joke you ever heard. Yeah, totally, totally. So I didn't. So I didn't major in music. But when I was about to finish college, I was like, if I don't try to be a musician for a while, I'll know it was fear, and I will. I would hate myself. I was like, I got to try it. If it doesn't work out, I'll go back to grad school. Okay. Um, and I wanted. I loved English. I loved literature, and so I wanted to be an English professor. So I was like, all right, I'll try music for a year or two. If it doesn't work, I'll, I'll apply to some grad schools. Okay. And so I went to Seattle. I bought an acoustic bass within like the first week I was there. And I just started gigging. And now 20 years later, here I am. I never, I never went back to Plan B, <laughs> studying George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> you, know, you mentioned something there that made me think for a second. I, 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 I profile. Mm -hmm. I judge people by their looks right all on. the time. Right and uh, and you look like California country to me because you got the snap shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I'm a California native for years and years and years. My my grandfather, my papa, mm -hmm. um, all his guitars are hanging on the wall. Oh, wow. Beautiful um, ones, huh? Yeah, that one up there is a Portuguese instrument that was made specifically for him. Wow. I have no idea how to tune it. It's got way too many strings. That's cool. 
But uh, it's funny when Waylon Jennings used to come on the radio when I was growing up, he would yell, Waylon, no matter where he was, anywhere on the Oh, that's property. great. And I have a recording of it somewhere. I'll, I'll try to dig it out and play it for you later, but it's, it's, it's pretty sick. Um, anyway, the point is, what was the goddamn point? <laughs> Fuck, we were just. Uh, oh, oh. You got the snap shirt that my papa used to wear all the time. Then you got the slip on vans. Oh, yeah. That's you don't California. give a shit about your hair. <laughs> you and I have the same hair, dude. It, gets, it becomes an animal in the back. Yes, it does. And, yes, it uh, does. And you, but you don't care, so you just grow it long. Yeah. Um, but I still wear hats all the time where you appear to have become comfortable. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it took a while, man. When you have big hair, you gotta. You, got big, you, yeah. you have to learn to accept it. You have to learn to accept it. No, but there's a come as you are thing that yes. I really relate to in people, and a relaxation that that or a comfort you mm -hmm. have to have with yourself. Um, and there have been times where it's like you can see someone who's not the sexiest person in the world, but then you see them do the thing that they do. <laughs> Effortlessly yeah. and wonderfully and soulfully. And and then they go to this other place. And it's one of the sexiest things you've ever seen. Right. And and uh and it's deeper than just physically looking good. You know, it's honesty and it's it's going to this place. Like that's why we love music. Right. You don't go and actually it was funny, I just came from uh I've the last the last three or four years. I've been teaching at Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great, great music school, great music university, or college, rather. And um, uh, I teach songwriting. And so, I, so some, some semesters or some quarters, I'll go in and I'll be like, all right, we're going to talk about Bob Dylan on week one, Chris Christopherson on week two, Hank Williams on week three, Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt week four, Willie mm -hmm. Dixon week five, Jimmy Webb and... and uh, uh, Randy Newman, week six, and I kind of like work it out. Uh, and it's pretty wonderful to just be able to talk about great songwriters and great songwriting. Um, because with a lot of younger musicians, and I was, uh, you know, whatever. I'm, I, I still play with musicians who are a lot older and hipper than I am mm -hmm. and well-versed. Um, and when you can get turned on to great stuff, it's profound. You know, to be the, to be the person who says, we're going to study the Beatles today. And then some student says, oh, yeah, my parents used to like them. Mm -hmm. I kind of like, I kind of, I, I know Penny Lane and come together. Mm -hmm. And then you hit them with a cool B-side that is unbelievably great. Right. Like she's leaving home or something like that. And then they go, oh, my God. And then like so one of the things I like to do in the classes was like, we're going to talk about this song for the next 45 minutes. And they go, that's going to be boring as hell. And I go, no, we're going to talk about the rhyme scheme. We're going to talk about the imagery. We're going to talk about how it fit into the culture at the time. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about how it fit into their songwriting style and the cool chord progression they're using and why this chord is, is great and creates this drama that you're not expecting. And when they go to the bridge and when they do this. And after like an hour of talking about a song, they go, I had no idea you could learn this much from one song. And I was like, well, that's why we're studying this song because it's great. And then they go home and apply that to their next songs that they're writing. You know, it's wonderful. And, and kind of spreading it and kind of passing it to the next generation. Have you ever had a student who wrote something that made you go, whoa, 
dude, get out of my class and go write songs. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. And some of them are just unbelievably great performers. It's really great. Um, it's wonderful, and I have, I have a rule uh, where... Kind of like the more, the more green the student is, the more positive I am. Mm. Because it's like, I just want them to get into the love of music and get into it deeper. And you want it to be purely inspirational. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the, some of the students who are really good, I'll say, all right, you already know this and this and this, and yeah, that was great. But how about this and how about this? And then you can start getting kind of the constructive criticism really comes out. And I, I, I don't want to, like, ram someone into the ground and make them feel horrible. Sure. But you want to say, you're already really good. You already know a lot of these lessons, and you know it, and you've got a certain amount of confidence. So this is, this is one way you can maybe get to the next level. Well, I can tell just by speaking with you that you're an incredible teacher. And I'm sure that that translates over to producing and playing in other people's bands oh, yeah. and all that. And we'll get into that in it's just kinda, a little it's, bit. It's just, it, they're, they're, very, they're different animals, but they're very similar. Yeah. And there's a, the way I kind of hear music and see music and, and love describing music. I love yeah. when people say see music. <laughs> I really do. I t- <laughs> yes, he gets it. You yeah, do totally, see music. Totally. That's a big part. Like I've been producing more records the last five, six, mm-hmm. maybe eight years, and uh, yeah, being able to be a coach sometimes, mm-hmm. and being able to 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 befriend someone who you're working with and say, "Hey, this is the thing you do that is really unbelievably powerful, and this is another thing that's not as powerful." Um, so let's talk about that and why. Like, what do you love about that, and how can we have that translate? into being the best record we can make. You got to be a coach, a teammate, and a grandpa all at the same time. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. 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 Ted Russell Camp is our guest front of house today, and I always remind uh, my listeners, Ted, and they're itching for another song, so we'll get to that okay, in okay. Like two seconds, but I always remind my listeners, when you buy the music, and I know they're all mm-hmm. already going to it, go to Ted's website. That is Ted Russell Camp, R-U-S-S-E-L-L, K-A-M-P dot com. Buy the record there, because that's where Ted sees the money. Yes, thank you for saying that. And there we go. Friends, enjoy this, because I'm going to. (laughs) Ted Russell Camp is front of house. All right. All right, here's one from Flying Solo. Um... I actually wrote this one with Kirsten Prophet. We're talking about before. From She's Calico. a great friend yes. of mine, super talented. She's incredibly talented. Singer and songwriter. She's in a great band called Calico. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wrote this one together, and she sang harmony on this one with me on the record. It's called Life on the River. The water washes over the rocks today Carrying a piece of the past away Oh, watch that river flow Everything that happens let's just forget Put it in a bottle and close the lid And let it roll down the river 
So make love to me tonight Whatever's wrong, gonna make it right Keep me there till the morning light Like hallelujah And be my baby all night long I wanna feel you coming on strong And the river rolls on and on And pulls me to you Let it wash right through you The waves roll in like a million tears Round down the stones more every year Oh, the currents push and pull I walked along the water's edge Played it safe and jumped off the ledge I lived my life on the river So make love to me tonight Whatever's wrong gonna make it right Keep me there till the morning light Like hallelujah And be my baby all night long I wanna feel you coming on strong And the river rolls on and on And pulls me to you Let it wash right through you Skin like denim, hearts like leather We were a little bonian, but we felt so good together No forever, there's only now So make love to me tonight But if it's wrong, gonna make it right Keep me there till the morning light like hallelujah And be my baby all night long I wanna feel you coming on strong And the river rolls on and on Pulls me to you Let it wash right through you Washes over the rocks today Carrying a piece of the past away I lived my life on the river Ted Russell Camp is front of house. You'll find that one on Flying Solo. So, Ted, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and uh, and and you're going to have to make a decision on this question. Okay. I hate it when people ask hypothetical questions. And, oh, right. I don't know. You're going to have to make a decision. Okay, I'll try. Is it the musical arrangement? Arrange, arrangement? Is it a musical arrangement, or is it the lyrics that are more important to you in a song? Huh. Let me answer that by asking you a question. All right. What is more important, the yin or the yang? 
Now, I don't actually know which means what, but I know they're the two opposites. Right. And uh, that's a hard one. It is a hard one. Because there's music that feels good for the body, and there's music that is deep for the mind, you know? And when you can have both, that's pretty amazing. Let me say I've gone through phases in life. There was a time when Sly and the Family Stone was my favorite band in the world. And I listened to them and studied them and got into them. And that was some of the best feel-good music ever made, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dance they were all the about the feel-good music. But it was, a, it was also a heavy statement. Mm -hmm. That was the first mainstream band that had... Black musicians, white musicians, men and women. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And to have that on mainstream radio and have that, that uh, those, those great album covers and pictures of them just being as fucking far out and psychedelic as they could be. Like, imagine if you grew up in Iowa and in an extremely conservative place, and then you went to the record store and saw that. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, I didn't know that was possible. You know, it's like, it was beautiful. It was mind-blowing. Um, and ultimately, it's soul-oriented music. They had a political message and a real statement, and there were some great lyrics that they had, but, but it was ultimately a soul kind of a feel thing. But then some of the opposite, some of my favorite music, or most of my favorite music now, is Guy Clark, Towns Van Zandt, Bob, mm -hmm. Di Bob Dylan. Songwriters. Uh, Lucinda Williams is mm -hmm. a great example, too, where it's like they're not trying to be great singers. Mm -hmm. They're expressive. Uh, Leonard Cohen who just mm -hmm. passed away. Um, they're not unbelievably great. They're not Alison Krauss. They're not Joan Baez. They're not singers who can do anything. They have a very limited thing they do, but they really understand how to tell that story. And, and I would say most of them are great singers. John Hyatt is another one kind of... Uh, For sure. Just super expressive. And... And that's the stuff I love listening to most of the time now, you know? So maybe, I guess, yeah, maybe I do, I do fall under the story side of it. You know, but that, being, that, that, that becomes a cool little dichotomy of me. It is a dichotomy. Dichotomy of, of Ted Russell Camp. Yeah. Because I'm a singer and a songwriter, and I love the poetry, and I love telling stories. Um, but also, Your I'm a bass player. Your musicianship is I'm a bass tops, player. okay? And, and the bass player is all about the lower chakras and feeling right. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And being nonverbal. Like one of, the, one, of the, one of the great little things that I think about every now and then. Um, I'm sorry, that's my... Uh, that is my dog's drugs. That's my dog's drugs alarm. Uh, okay. That's the only, like, no cell phones in the studio. You need to take a, few, need to take a five minute break? Uh, do you want to smoke a cigarette? Yeah, let's take a break. All right. That's okay. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we got to come back to this because this is a good conversation. Let's this come is, back to this it. This is a great subject. All right. Well, we are going to take a break and we're going to close out part one of Front of House with Ted Russell Camp here live in Los Angeles. Tune in next Saturday at soundcloud.com slash Los Angeles to hear part two of the interview and Ted picks up the bass guitar and will blow your mind. Thank you for listening, my friends. We'll be back next week. This is Front of House. <laughs>